the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC on ESPN 14 After Party Edition. Recapping results and taking your questions in a live chat format. Let's go. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. All right, what's up, my friends? Dan Tom here, MMA Junkie, LineMovement.com, and this will be on, of course, my show, the Protecting Act Podcast, on my YouTube channel. Give it a like and a subscribe if you're here. Going to wait for people to pile in as I do my obligatory walk and talk and share. I don't do these live things enough, so I felt like I kind of owed you guys. Plus, one to get some some mileage out of this very expensive, as you can see, Fight Island backdrop. I'm going to tweet the live link. You guys can, as per usual, put your comments and questions in the chat here or there. I don't know what it is. It's too late for me. Uh, and I'll get I'll get I'll get to you as Muna and Brad and some familiars. Uh, already piling, which is good to see. Um, it, was a, it was a good night, you know. Um, don't want to bury the lead, but speaking of Brad, who just popped in here, I saw a tweet before I popped on here saying, you know, it was a good night. You know, uh, hopefully you cashed some bets as he did, or I, or hopefully my listeners did. But more importantly, our favorites really didn't get hurt, which we'll touch on as we go through the whole card, as per usual on this podcast, from top to bottom. And, uh, and yeah, <laughs> you got to enjoy the finer things, the silver linings in life or in MMA, even if MMA really only affords you, you know, not complete sad- sadness is a silver lining. I'll take it. Uh, so I'm going to tweet this link and we'll, we'll get right to it. Live now talking UFC on Fight Island 3. All right. Thank you guys for joining. All right. So we're going to go from top to bottom. Uh, Probably just going to go like 20, 30 minutes again. I want to be respectful of everybody's time unless you all take it longer. Then, of course, I'll answer whatever you guys um, whatever you guys want. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm just going to go from top to bottom. Like a semi-responsible podcast host, I got results pulled up. And a, uh, a drink here as I cheers. Cheers to you guys here. Um, Woodford Reserve, some bourbon. Mm. Oh, that's good. Someone got me one of these ice ball things, and usually I was like one of those people that's like, ah, you're brutalizing the scotch or the whiskey or the bourbon, you know, with water or ice, although bourbon really it doesn't really hurt it uh, when you talk to a lot of people. But, yeah, no, I, I eased off that gas. I'm not quite super hipster or or, or anything like that. I, I will put a little bit of ice in the, uh, in the old liquor. All right. Feel free to type in what you guys are drinking as well. Robert De- Whitaker defeated Darren Till in the main event. Uh, unanimous, unanimous decision. 48-47s across the board. You can tell I, I'm having to drink because my <laughs> words aren't coming out as great. But, um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of how I had it. Um, I think we all agree Till uh, took the first. He had a good, strong start. Um, again, you know, he's, he's not, he's not the, the, the strongest counterfighter in the world, but he, he can counter and crash. Till did uh, with that elbow. His elbows are really underrated. Um, some we saw kind of developed, although, you know, kind of his Kelvin Gastelum performance kind of muddied uh, a lot of the good things that he was doing because it wasn't really an exciting fight, right? 
Um, and then uh, Whitaker takes two and three. And I think we can all agree on that. Kind of like uh, my dude, Aaron Bronstetter uh, said, you know, at the very least, I think most of the scorecards agree on that rounds four and fives where it gets murky. You had commentary making it sound like it was a clear three, one for Whitaker heading into the fifth. Um, and I think that definitely played on a lot of people because it plays on me a lot too. Um, I'm just as culpable, uh, you know, even recently, not even like, you know, years past, like, no, I'm, it happens to me too. That's why it's like one of those things you hear some people like watching with the sound off. And I try to do it as much as possible because you can get in the habit of, especially if you're, you know, like multitasking and kind of watching footage, you may find yourself crutching and listening to commentary more than you realize, or nights like this is a fight night. You know, there, there was a point where we're all probably eating at some point, grabbing, if we've got some people in the room and that commentary, because your eyes aren't always fixated on the fight, will start kind of, you know, uh, coloring in and out of the lines and you won't, you won't even really realize it because it's subconscious. So it's nothing against the commentators, but you always got to be careful about um, listening to commentary, especially when they're sure of what they're judging. Cause like most, you know, uh, you know, commentators from Rogan to Jimmy Smith um, will be like, Hey, it's, Full disclosure, it's really hard to, to score a fight while you're commentating. To be honest, it's really hard to score fights in general, you know. That's why I want to get mad because it's like I see all these points I agree with on my timeline about judging. And I want to agree and get mad and yes. But at the same time, it's like <laughs> there's so many issues. And like most of them have to do with just getting competent judges in the first place before you even have – a certain rule set or point system that we agree on that it, it almost feels sadly pointless to argue. Not that it is pointless. Um, we should always be working to improve. And I hope that we do, but you know, like there's always going to be those rounds where it borders on a 10, eight or a 10, nine. Like some people were saying like, Oh, round two should maybe be a 10, eight, especially in a close fight like this. Like I totally agree in the spirit of that, you know, but the problem is, is getting everybody on board and consistency. And, and I'm not going to go on a, a judging, judging tangent i don't feel like i'm someone who's qualified to per se but i will just kind of leave it at this which is something that um something that i think we saw uh we saw recently you know or not recently but maybe throughout fight island not just bad judging or fighters that fight you know close fights and then something can happen and and you know um it'll sway the round or a fighter will fight a certain way, you know, um, to win rounds and be like, why, why didn't I win the round? I was controlling the round and you'll have people go, well, good. I'm glad we didn't award stalling. You know, I'm glad we were rewarded damage. And at heart, like off those gestures, like, I absolutely agree about rewarding damage. And even though I'm a contrarian who had a catch wrestling coach who taught us that stalling was a skill and put us through some really freaking rigorous drills to remind us of that. Um, at the same time, yeah, like I would rather have the guy that is scoring damage and actively looking for a finish rewarded in close fights or from an overall consensus of scoring. Um, the problem is, is we've set years going back to the early mid-aughts of, you know, and we've trended away from takedown, steal the round, right? That late takedown to steal the round. Thankfully, we've trended away not all the time, but we still see a lot of that, right? We, we still see it. It's, it's been ingrained so much that the fighters start fighting a certain way. It's almost, and I'm not going to turn this political or get serious, but it's very much like the, the race, you know, uh, unrest, especially in, in my country here in the United States, you know, you know, pointing fingers, you know, uh, we're pointing fingers at, at this group of people and this group of people's pointing fingers, you know, at police. And really it's really complicated. And it actually goes back 
you know, and it goes deeper than the surface level. Um, and not going to go down that road here. This isn't that kind of podcast, but it is kind of relevant to like before we start blaming fighters for fighting a certain way, really, it is the system that kind of produced this. And the system has made efforts as far as I believe 2016 or 2017 trying to revise judging criteria. But um, but yeah, really, it's going to have to come down to the judges being consistent before we see any kind of consistency from the fighters. And that bleeds down to our consistency and understanding. So that ends the scoring rat. But essentially, I gave Darren Till round four for the hard flurry that he landed. I thought it was the most significant strikes. He landed a bunch of shots. Rob Whitaker kept a really good poker face. Hard to tell how much it affected him. Uh, affected him. And even though I wouldn't hate anybody for giving Till round five, he just didn't do enough for me overall. And yeah, he created damage and we should be rewarding damage, Dan. You rewarded damage for something that didn't shed blood. How are you going to reward damage for the time he does? Well, that was like one elbow. And that was, and granted, you know, it was something that he was clearly going for and scored with in the first, but it was like a rogue elbow that cut him at a weird place in the ear. It didn't seem to damage, concuss, or get Robert Whitaker really off his game. Although Herb Dean had a questionable stoppage there that broke some momentum that perhaps Darren Till could have built off of. So I don't blame anybody for getting upset with that. Perhaps we'll talk about Herb Dean here in a second. But as far as, you know, one shot versus body of work, you know, uh, we went through this in other Robert Whitaker fights, right? And I was on, albeit not as confidently, uh, it was more closer there for a lot of those rounds, but with Yoel Romero versus Whitaker, a lot of their rounds. And I'm more of a body of work. Guy. I'm not saying I'm right here or in general, but I'm just saying that's my biases and I'm admitting that. So I ended up scoring the fifth round for um, Whitaker, making it 48-47. Sorry for that rant. Fight site, Whitaker's work transitions was very cool. I got to go back and rewatch that, but he did seem to put a lot more work. Shout out to the fightsite.com, by the way. They do excellent work. A uh, guy, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Chimaev. Uh, they produced a really good video piece that I tried to share out. My man, Philippe, there. Um, shouts to those guys. Steve Gregory, till 4 1, you mooks hate the Brits more than the Irish do. You know, I don't blame anybody for thinking that I hate Till, uh, although. I do have a lot of British friends, so hopefully uh, they don't hate me either. But uh, they, you know, they know at least that part's not true. And and, and I don't dislike Till. I actually like Till. Um, yeah, I might be on the, the side that's like, yeah, I don't think is you know maybe maybe the skills for the match of the promotion gives them. But I'm not hating on Till for that. I actually, you know, I always feel bad for fighters when they get the UFC promo machine. What they're going to get more money and more opportunities? I know what you're saying. I guess what I mean there is that. Um, I feel bad because of just the UFC matchmaking model it doesn't give a lot of room for growth. And uh, whether you like these guys or not, whether they're overinflated or not, they're taking some real headshots in there. Um, Brad Taschuk, I thought Whitaker edged two, though, uh, two through five. Um, the last few were all competitive. They were. Yeah, again, just like I wouldn't hate anybody for giving t till four or even five, though I explained why I disagree. Um, obviously, I don't disagree with that either, Brad. Steve Gregory, Hardy did a complete 180 after seeing the strikes landed graphic. Um, I got a theory on that, by the way, one second. Wonder Boy beat Till. Till did have a loud crowd behind him tonight. Till didn't have a loud crowd behind him tonight to game an edge in close rounds with the judges. That, that's possible as well. That additional note also comes from Steve Gregory. But, Steve, let me address something from the first. Um, obviously, Hardy's been having a lot of back and forth, and I'm definitely not uh, going to defend um, – you know, Dan Hardy to defend Dan Hardy here. Um, however, I will say this in his, in his, um, in his not defense, but like I get what happened here because 
people were surprised and were like, whoa, Dan Hardy's like being overly biased for Till. For one, not coming at Hardy. I like Hardy and Gooden, but people that have been watching for a while know that they do have an English bias. And again, we all have biases. That's why I always try to admit mine readily. Um, and certainly it's very easy to accuse uh, Hardy or Gooden, particularly Hardy, of that. Again, that's not a bash on Hardy. I think he's a great analyst, commentator. Um, I like Dan. Uh, that being said, uh, here's what happens. And I do the same thing um, with my analysis. If you notice, not just because, oh, I'm a nice guy or I don't want to piss somebody off, which you can accuse me of that. And that's not necessarily the right move. I have to be honest, um, whether, you know, whether you're on the, the reporter side or the analyst side like me. We got to be honest, um, even if it you know hurts people's feelings. Um, but one thing um, is that I will do, and I think Dan Hardy did tonight, is you overcorrect the steering wheel. You know, we'll talk about Verdum and Gustafson as far as the odds go and how that over got overcorrected in our perspectives, right? Not everybody. Props to you, and I'm going to give some big props to those on that. But overcorrecting the steering wheel as far as our bias goes, and I think he caught himself driving heavily down the, down the uh, English Darren Till lane and was like, whoa, I got to be objective here. Maybe the stats, to your point, help Dan Hardy pull out of that. But I'm not defending him. I'm just saying I, I, I totally get why he would do that. Um, Brad Tashik, somebody needs to sit down and talk to Herb. Yeah, man, there was that separation. But worse than the separation, there were two bad stoppages. We're definitely going to have to um, have to talk about those. And that's another reason why I was glad when I tweeted that we didn't have to put it in the book on the main event as we push through the rest of the card here. Uh, I'm glad we didn't have to see either guy get knocked out from one. Cause I like both guys, Whitaker until the two who's ref in that one, you know, <laughs> those guys hit hard. We didn't need to see follow-up shots three and four and, you know, the murder of Mertzelaya of, uh, you know, three and, you know, three and four produced because uh, that already got produced at uh, number two tonight. So let's push on to the rest of the fights instead of poor tending uh, to the results. Mauricio Huga. Defend Huga, 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 defeated Antonio Rogerio Noguera. Uh, how did you guys score that one? Feel free to comment. I had it Noguera, um, giving him, uh, I shit, was it round one and three at the top of my head, or was it rounds two and three? I forget. Um, but I, I guess I could see how, how Huga got the decision. I, I, this was one where I just felt like it should have gone to Noguera, but, um, I don't want to say I'm biased because I like both guys. I didn't bet this fight and I picked Shogun, but I, 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 I'm a huge Southpaw Little Nog fan, man. Want to see him get out on a win. Um, and you know what? Say what you will. They put on a, a damn good fight for their age. You know, they exceeded our expectations. Uh, Daniel Mays, give both guys a hundred K bonus if they promise to retire. Yeah. How about that? That would be awesome. Like I miss when, um, like old school Dana, old school Dana used to flex by like, you know, he wouldn't agree with the decision. And then he gave, you know, Diego Sanchez and Martin Campman like a hundred K each in Kentucky for like a Kentucky fight night. No offense to my brothers and sisters in Kentucky. You know who you are out there. I'm just saying like, you know what I'm saying? Like it didn't take a big stage and Dana would step up to the plate and dish it out for the fighters. And this would be a time where I would love to see one of those old school Dana power moves. Right. Uh, the fight site, what are you talking about? Shogun retired 10 years ago. Yes. Yes. That was essentially my logic for picking him here. It's that they're both shot and everybody was trying to argue about who is more shot. And my argument was that Shogun had a, lar a larger sample size of fighting shot. Therefore, he was more dependable as a shot fighter. <laughs> I didn't score it for him, but it certainly turned out that way. Next fight result. Oh, man, my mouth's getting dry. I forgot to bring water, and all I got is more whiskey or bourbon. 
that's trouble. Fabricio Verdum defeats Alexander Gustafson. Again, speaking of overcorrecting the steering wheel, that was total perspective. Like, I was talking, sensing myself into the breakdown, and then I go and do my uh, line movement um, MMA betting show. Again, shout out to my co-host, Dan Levy, and, and his show over there um, with Shaq. Uh, we're at half the battle. I think uh, they cashed um, on that Fabricio Verdum dog money, and I'm like, uh, that's probably one of my more big regrets. I actually had a really good night betting and picks wise, but like I, I do regret passing on that though. I, um, I I can't take any credit here for that one. I officially picked Gustafson, albeit reluctantly, but and I did say the money was on Verdum, and but I, I can't take any credit for this one. I I I, I kicked myself in the butt for not playing it. Um, but how about Verdum? Huh? He's looking back in that Verboom era, right? I don't know. Was was that motivation? That 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 was it. That defeat, or was it um? You know, was it a, <laughs> was it, was it a, was it a doctor, doctor visit? Like somebody, uh, <laughs> somebody surmised, um, Stephen Gregory, love the steering wheel analogy spot on. Thank you, sir. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Verdum wasn't the only person, um, over 40 to, uh, get a win tonight. We'll get to him as well. Speaking of the Brazilian brethren, but grats to you, uh, anybody who played Verdum, that was smart. I'm stupid for not. Carlos Barza defeated Marina Rodriguez via split decision. 29-28, 29-28, um, I'm not kicking myself as hard as, uh, for going this one. Like, I'm not mad at Carlo winning. I had it for Carlo 29-28. I actually could have seen a draw. Uh, if you scored round two, 10-10, there could have been an argument for that there. And given that Marina Rodriguez has already earned two draws in her UFC tenure, maybe not that crazy. But um, I guess I'm just glad I stayed away. Uh, because I picked Marina Rodriguez. I thought that she was she showed enough hints of improvement to carry over. And I thought Carla showed enough signs of a trend down that, that was worth the fade, minus the not playing and minus what the odds were. But you get what I'm saying. Um, so that's why I picked against Carla. But like I said, I'd be happy if she proved me wrong. She did. Um, and uh and yeah, man. Uh I know that was a popular uh, a popular one for a lot of people for Rodriguez, so hopefully that didn't hurt you all too much there, and you were still able to, able to make your money elsewhere. Um, Brad Tastrick, my tall Canadian son, Nushan, had that sub at plus 750. They grow up so fast. That is nice. Uh, grats on that, by the way. I did sprinkle one the sub prop when it was plus 575, but, again, I couldn't really tweet her. I can't butt my chest even at it now because, again, my – my pick and stuff was was I'm not I'm not doing revisionist history, but but definitely grats to Nushan, uh, my tall brother to the north. Last stand, 001. Do you think Bobby Knuckles can get his black belt from Izzy? Can get his black belt from Izzy? Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's got. Doesn't he have a coach? Uh, yeah. If you're talking about a coach, because he did Robert Whitaker did shout out an Izzy on his team. Um, he already got his wait. This guy his black belt from Izzy. Do you think Bobby Knuckles can get his? Okay, I'm not, I'm, I, I am stupid, but I guess I'm stupider than even I think because I'm missing that joke. Robert Whitaker has a black belt already, but, but yeah, did he get his black? Oh, from Izzy, like, he, I get what you mean. Did, a, a lesson taught. Um, perhaps, yeah, maybe, maybe that was in their game plan before. Like, people, even though I didn't, what I didn't strongly, you know, surmise or suspect it because you have to see the proven evidence, but yeah, um, I did cite like his coach in the Izzy breakdown as well as this breakdown about teasing the George St. Pierre teases. Perhaps that's why Robert Whitaker's coach was teaching it and uh, obviously he got emotional. We saw Robert Whitaker put himself in check after getting countered in the first. 
And then maybe he got to the original game plan, the adjustment that he failed to make in the Izzy fight. If that's what you mean, perhaps the fight site, Marino was more patient than the Calvillo fight, which I liked. Um, yes, yes, she was. In certain areas, no, though, like from the guard, you know, that kind of urgency was upsetting. I feel like she was more urgent in certain spots, but in other spots, um, she wasn't. And she picks her spots at the right time, you know, the classic uh, – uh, hopefully it's not Ed Gallo sh uh, tweeting from that or messaging from that fight site thing, but the classic, you know, Chad Mendez, uh, Conor McGregor, right after the takedown work from Chad Mendez that he scored, Conor McGregor goes right to the body with front kicks. Not only does he put the pace on him after the wrestling uh, is exerted and, and, and the grappler is trying to recover, he go to the body, you know. Uh, Brad Taschuk, uh, I've petitioned for more 1010s over a decade. If you can't pick someone, don't. I don't hate that either. It's just, you know, the, unfor the unfortunate caveat that always comes along with that is that, um, uh, is that, uh, you know, fighter pay in that structure. Oh, Dan, the bourbon is kicking in. He asked if he could get the title back. Yeah, he asked if he could get the title back. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I, I, I can't read either. I am really bad. I got glasses and everything. They're clearly fraud, uh, fraudulent. Um, I don't know, man. You know, there's that statistic of people that, like, that, that don't get their title back. And and that's a tough one, you know, especially like, and again, you guys know I'm, I'm, I'm not somebody who condemns fighters for like admitting like having mental vulnerability or admitting that fights are stressful. Like, I get that. I love Robert Whitaker as a fighter, as a person, and I don't discredit anybody who says that. But, you know, my theory, these guys who have that are going to perform better, which was true with one out of two. Um, Dolby didn't do too great tonight. We'll get to him in a second, but less media and all these things, you think it would help those fights, but what did Robert Whitaker say? Oh, this was so stressful. Oh man. This was, Oh geez. Oh, like the relief that it was over. And that's fine, man. That's natural. You're not a weak person. I'm not throwing shade by any means as I shake my table there, but you do got to worry about that, right? You know, you want that hungry dead face Reaper Whitaker, who's just pounding his chest. You know what I'm saying? By the way, Reaper sounds like totally sounds like a guy who has like a 30 and one kill to death ratio in an FPS game, right? A Reaper, right? Like, oh, this guy could play Reapers in the game. Oh, fuck. I was looking to just have an easy game today, but Reaper's up here mopping up. All right, Dan, not everybody's a nerd like you. Next question. Felipe. What's up, Felipe? Thank you for the Chimaya video shout out, Dan. Love you. No worries. Thank you for your work, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, poor Ed. <laughs> I love Ed. Izzy would destroy Stephen Gregory says Izzy would destroy Whitaker. Bobby was wanging overhands like Rousey and Gravehead all night, as he's done as a contender. I gotta get a lot of that, even though I kind of have a lineage and connection to both those fighters. But I appreciate the joke. Fight site Dan picking up on references like Whitaker picking up on Izzy's hooks. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's another reason. Answer to your question about, um, you know, Izzy and Rob meeting again. Oh, yeah, Bear Jew hit. That was awesome. And uh, last stand up, yeah, we'll get to the Tanner Bozier. I'll do it when we uh, when we get to him here in a second. Yeah, let's get to the Bear Jew. Paul Craig defeated Gadzi Murad Antigulov. Props on the submission prop. Um, I only got it at plus 170 by the time I put my article out. Uh, I didn't grab it at much more than that, but I, I don't want to grab, like, even if it's a line that you grab early in the week and the article's not going to come out, will be written until later. Um, I'll try to adjust that um, to keep it kind of relative, uh, you know, as far as, you know, enticing people on plays. Not that I'm trying to entice people. You know what I mean? 
keeping it honest and transparent. But yeah, man, congrats to anybody for whatever number you grabbed because it was a plus number if you took Paul Craig by submission. Um, money line was playable. Unders were all that. Cash, good, good on you. I just felt like all roads leaded to submission, so I just took the plus money there. Daniel Mays. Craig is one of the ultimate kill or tie action fighters. Yes, 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 he was, but and he was facing a less ultimate uh, killer be killed guy in Yazimur and Anti Gulov. Sorry, I also we're doing a little more impressions now that like I'm being captured on video. Whereas if it's just the mic, I'll like I'll go you know go a little more nuts. But don't worry, we got some Bozier coming for you. But yeah, um, grats to the. Uh, I don't even want to say what uh, what the MMA analysis. Shout out to that podcast. What they call it because like I'll be I always laugh and we'll go to like it and I'll be like. People are going to be like, what is he liking this Munich stuff? Is this some kind of anti-Semitic stuff? It looks like it's a Jewish guy. You're saying it, Lance, but I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> I'm always weary to shout that out, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Shout out to the uh, MMA Analysis Podcast for for that hit. Um, Alex Oliveira defeated Peter uh, Sabotka. Uh, if you're the Wire fan, as I tweeted out, or Peter Sabota, um, if we just want to be proper about it. Uh, Peter didn't look that great. I think he might have hurt himself somewhere in there, like maybe broke something on the durable Cowboy Oliveira. And, um, yeah, uh, the American broadcast, like they cut to commercial. So if we didn't see in-corner moments or we didn't catch any, like, Cowboy doing any rope and grope, if he was able to – I mean, they still have officials. They still got officials in there, right? I don't know if any of them were email in there tonight, but you got to – you just got to be careful no matter what you are with Cowboy, all right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, Dan Hardy versus Herb Dean, who you got? Oh, man, I saw a picture. Yeah. Dan Hardy getting up in it. I think part of it got caught up on the mic. Um, Herb used to train, and, and Dan does look like he's catching up to his weight class. And as a Dan who's going up in the weight class, not talking shit here. Just saying. Uh, but obviously, I'm going to take Dan Hardy there. Um, I always think of him as – this is Brad again. I always think of him as HL defenseman Peter – Svoboda. I, I, I mean, my hockey references are, my hockey references are terrible. Um, the only thing I'll say sometimes is if a fighter fights really dirty, I'll joke that, you know, this guy fights so dirty that, that the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins just called their manager to ask him if they could skate. Um, all right. Brad, rope and grope is legend. Yeah, I, I can't take credit for it. That is all Cowboy Oliveira. That is not me for the rope and grope. So that is, that is Cowboy Oliveira, and he has the pictures and video evidence and and record from what I hear to prove it. Um, all right. Well, that's getting dark. But he looked good tonight otherwise. Let's, let's keep it positive. Let's keep it positive here, folks. He looked good tonight here otherwise. Daniel Mace, evil cowboy. Make sure to take his two free two free fouls. Yeah. Yeah, evil cowboy is going to get a call from the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's for sure. Um, I ended up – I think I might have put cowboy in like a small parlay or something for fun, but like I, I didn't play anything official. So um, no no chest bump in there, but, but cowboy comes through. Um, Hazmat Shemaev defeats uh, Reese McKee, TKO strikes. Um, was that one called by Herb Dean as well? I can't remember, man. But uh, Shemaev did work, and again, hopefully McKee gets a proper matchup because, uh, you know, he can be in some fun fights if matched up correctly um, and offer more than uh, he showed. And obviously Hazmat, man, fucking hell. That was this guy going, right? Um, someone mentioned like Hidalfo Vieira. I know that's a 185er, but for whatever reason, that's who I thought of too, for whatever reason. I really don't care who you put him against. I'm in no rush to rush the kid. I just want to see him fight. 
if you guys got any matchups, um, put it below. I will shout them out. I'm going to keep pushing through, though. Uh, now we can get to more of the Herb Dean stuff, as well as um, my last bet of the betting sheet, official, uh, which was Francisco Trinaldo uh, defeating Jai Herbert via TKO strikes round three. You know what? Herbert looked like he was on his way to being the first person to stop Francisco Trinaldo, which was not something that was mentioned enough in the lead up to this, no matter what angle you were taking or who you were supporting. And that was huge. And Herbert deserves credit for it. And I want to see Herbert come and develop those skills. Um, however, one, I still don't agree with the line movement. I still don't see why, as I went over on my breakdown podcast, I literally checked through almost all the boxes, minus age, but even put a strong, legitimate, realistic tilt on that as to why Trinaldo outchecks the boxes here. And I don't agree with it. Number two, the stoppage was god awful. Um, and it was so bad that the, the, the reason why I was upset is because I do want to see guys like Jai Herbert come back to fight, you know, uh, be able to say their grandkids' names. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like it's, it's, uh, the dude was clearly out. It was like a Josh Emmett, Michael Johnson, like stiff in the air as they go down KO. Like you don't really need to be like, oh, you know, I saw it in his eyes. He was out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, Big John, why did you stop at uh, Diaz and Daly? That was like the best fight in the world at one second to go. But you see the replay and you see Big John being is keyed in on Daly's eyes. And you see Daly's reaction. It wasn't like that. You know, um, the door wasn't open for that type of scenario. Like that was just bad. And I always feel bad by saying like ground strikes are the common scenario where her has trouble with stoppages because ground strikes is where 90% of stoppages end up. Um if they're not a submission, but you know, whether you look at that girl, Jessica Birch, who never fought again, uh, that, uh, Cynthia Calvillo, uh, and RKO, you know, just like brutalized her for like one round. It was pretty much the, um, Weidman Rockhold of female fights. It was, but it was a regional show. So nobody references it. That was Herb Dean. Now, speaking of Weidman Rockhold, that was Herb Dean. And the worst one, which almost got beat, it almost, the, the king of bad stoppages almost got put off. I think we've been, me and um, me and Aaron Bronstetter, I think it was, recently did it. And we either unanimously, uh, unanimously came to this number one, or it was like one and two. And it was uh, C.B. Dalloway versus uh, Mertzalayev. Uh, where Mertzalayev pretty much had Dalloway, just was just pounding him for a round. And uh, it was just gross, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the heck Herb was thinking, man. Like, I've seen Herb. At shows, uh, I know people who know him, interacted with him a lot more than I have. My very brief interactions on or off the clock at a show even have all been great. Um, but you got to call it out. And kind of like my dude Case Hearts was saying um, on Twitter is like, you need accountability. And I think that, you know, not trying to get political here, folks. It's not that show. But whether we're talking about like serious issues, like, you know, what, what to do with – um police reform or what to do with MMA judging. I think the common thread there is accountability. I think we can all agree that accountability is a good thing. So I'm not saying let's all pick up our torches and go to, you know, on a witch hunt, but yeah, I think we need some accountability, man. All right. Um, all right. Make Nate Diaz fight him. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, hazmat. Oh, geez. Oh, no. <laughs> um, let's see. Steve Gregory. Cowboy is an alley cat. Dude has so many kids born on the other sides of the sheets. As the Royals used to say, Jesus. 
yeah, man, Cowboy is uh, he's been at it for quite some time. He's um, I, he's got a lot of stories. Uh, yeah, Dean has had a bad history of this, unfortunately. Philippe says, I agree. It's the inconsistency too, Daniel May says. We get one GDR slash lad, then two simulated murders. Again, back to what I said earlier about all the things to tackle wrong with MMA judging or our judging system. It comes down to consistency. We need consistency of the officials. Whatever rule set we agree on or officials we agree on to hold these positions, consistency is the key word that's just got to be done first. Otherwise, it's going to breed, you know, it's going to breed a bunch of different understanding. Muna, Muna says, uh, "Oh wait, let's say wait. I'm sorry, consistency too." Felipe, I like Beltran a lot. I do. I like Beltran as well. I like Beltran. Uh, they used to be like an undercover cop. Like he speaks Spanish and everything. Like he used to be on like the drug, like on the uh, drug beat. Uh, Daniel Mays, it's the inconsistency too. We get, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Muna, Muna says, "I disagree with it being a bad stoppage. One, a fighter has to keep going until the ref stops. Two, Herbert was stunned, but the one arm uh, was up and the other was cumbering his face, but just my opinion. You know, if you got that look, Muna, from an angle, then maybe Herb got a, a similar look, albeit not my look and many others. So, again, I don't know what Herb was seeing, and um, maybe if he was seeing more what you were seeing, maybe maybe that was it, but it, I, I got to go back and rewatch it. it just, that just wasn't what I saw. But, hey, man, it's, it's just your opinion, man. You're, you're, you're totally – Welcome to have that, my friend. Miss you, too. Last stand, 001. Hazmat went from less than 200 followers to now 12K on Twitter. Wow, that's a big jump. That's a big jump. Uh, Felipe, talking about accountability, I wish the judges would have to answer questions in the press conference where there is controversial scorecards. I like that um, better than open scoring. That's not to say that I'm against open scoring, by the way. I just don't like it as because we'll get, we'll get um, you know, judges correcting their steering wheel um, disingenuously and uh you know if we got a bunch of bad judges then there's going to be the blind leading the blind so i don't like that factor of it not that i'm against open scoring i would rather have what, what philippe said um some type of after the fact meeting at the very least accountability uh, and then brad his arm bounced up from the impact of the canvas you can tell when trinaldo goes to move in uh, goes to move his arm and there's no resistance yeah, yeah, I saw kind of that zombie arm too. That's what I actually can recall myself. All right, um, next result, Jesse Ronson. Speaking of Canada, Canada, Canada's doing pretty well. Um, if Aaron Bronstetter didn't already, uh, he'd be the guy, but someone should tally up from the Apex shows, just like Pandemic Era. I think Canada's done really well. They broke the Apex curse, and uh, they got to be on a winning record, which is probably rare in, uh, in recent years, right? Because I know Canada hasn't had, had the best um, track record of late. See so the GSB days. Uh, Ronson, though, man. Yeah, he was live. Um, I believe it was a check right hook. Don't leave home without it, Southpaw. It's a real important strike to have. Because even if you're more of a come forward count, uh, fighter than a counter fighter, which is part of the reason why I picked Albie over Ronson, those right hooks are going to come in handy. And then um, finished him on the ground, man. So uh, even though I'm a big fan of Dalby, uh, you got to feel, uh, well, you know, I miss some of the post-fight antics that was getting Twitter stirred up, but you, you, I feel for anybody who pays their dues. And uh, uh, like my, my, my co-host Dan said, man, Ronson paid his dues. So good on you. Um, all right. Tom Aspinhall defeated Jake Collier. 
I may or may not have said in a DM to somebody privately. It's like it's like Fat Jake Collier versus Fat Darren Till, uh, <laughs> but they both ended up. Someone had pointed it to me. They look like Alec, uh, Alexi Kemer and Frank Mir. And uh, for you, real inside MMA people who know MMA circles, it looked like uh, my man over there, uh, Danny Brenner from Bellator. Uh, I had a kid that had a love child with Frank Mir for Tom Aspinhall. But it, either way, whatever the combination was, he got it done uh, pretty fast. Um, that was rough to watch, man. Boy, man, like I look at myself in the mirror. Then I look at my like when I was like cutting weight for like you know amateur fights or uh, grappling tournaments, and I'll be like, man, you really let yourself go, Dan. But uh, man, like that was just like that probably wasn't too healthy though, because like I feel like when a guy cuts weight, usually you're like, oh, they can't take shots as well. At least he's gonna be able to take shots better, like. No, man, like that was really a bunch of bad weight to put on. And that was, I probably didn't do much well, like health wise. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what Collier was trying to do, just get a paycheck or what, but hopefully he's all right. Um, next fight. Uh, let me see this here. Not to get destroyed. Uh, not to get destroyed by the media, but to hear them explaining the scorecards. Um, which scorecards was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know who is a good, you know, speaking of media and scoring, shout out to Sean Sheehan. Um, I'll try to retweet his podcast with, um, what was that judge he did it with? Was it Ben Cartilage? Some uh, Cartilage? I forget, but um, Sean's a good guy when it comes to scoring as far as media guys. I'm admittedly not the best myself. Look at me. I'm having a drink and stuff. Don't trust me, folks. Don't trust anything I say. Brad Tasha, Canadian Arab Emirates. Aaron and I. I've trademarked this. Okay. See what I mean? Canadians are already on it. Um, Felipe Ronson looked very good. Dalby's entries in the pocket were not good, though. No. He always gets countered early, too. Um, I just wasn't sure if uh, the lightweight moving up to welterweight was going to have enough pop, although Ronson is not a, that small of a welterweight. I don't think. He's a thick-set guy. Fight site just makes you think, how good is Nikolai Alex Shaken? Yeah, man, Nikolai. Nikolai got on my radar when he fought Ben Askren, of course, over in one. And um, he probably came up on a lot of your guys' tape study if you uh, watched that PFL fight with Ronson. Catfish Collier coming to a megaton division near you. Hey, you know what? Speaking of putting on weight, you hear Masa Randuba wants to go up to welterweight, and he's going to say he's going to get bigger than ever. I'm like, well, um, to, uh, again, shout out to the uh, MMA analysis for this reference or joke here, but it's going to be Mag Magma Randuba, it sounds like. Uh, for the next, uh, for the next, what well, his next appearance? Maybe let's leave it at that. All right, I got love for Masarandu, but Masvar Ivalova defeated Mike Grundy. Unanimous decision, 30-27, 30-27, Yeah, I mean, I had no issue with the thirty twenty-seven there. Um, although you could give Grundy the uh, first round, but my bias always reads on momentum over action sometimes. Not that it should be scored that way, but. Clearly, Evelyn had the momentum going in uh, to the rest of the fight after Grundy expended that energy. Man, just again, when you, like I was tweeting about, um, and this was kind of my read on the first, possibly the first fight, which is me, uh, first fight for Cormier Stipe. I picked Cormier, but by decision, I didn't see him knocking them, them out. I just saw him wrestling down the stretch and eventually tiring and winning out exchanges. Um, because a lot of times, it doesn't, matter so much if one guy's better than the other if they're both good enough to tread waters grapplers wrestlers mma grappler wrestlers scramblers however you want to classify it 
they're both good enough to tread water. It's not necessarily the bigger guy, even if he has slightly more credentials on paper, like Grundy did, who's going to win out. Because if they can tread water, the smaller guy is going to be probably, at least, be more adept to scrambling. And in the long run, the big picture, we're going to see him pull away down the stretch. And as I had a coach once tell me, scrambles win fights. So that's what we saw. Evloev was playing the long game as he keeps my hopes alive for him to turn into, you know, uh, Russian 5.0 Frank Yeager at featherweight. We'll see. Um, does a lot of awesome stuff like technical details, you know, pinning not just the two-on-one grip, but pinning it to the mat to give you that leverage to circle away without getting your back taken. When I said ass over tea kettle in my tweet, that means falling over the top. You know, when guys try to take Derek Lewis's back, excuse me, Derek Lewis tripod. So, uh, you know, so slanted guys fall off the front that that's, that's going ass over tea kettle for those wondering what that reference was all about. Um, so yeah, good on Evola there, man. I'm, st- I'm again, I'm, I'm happy to see him at 45. I'm not, I haven't been expecting him to go down and, and definitely don't after this. Um, Tanner Bozier. I got enough room in my voice to hit a Tanner Bo. Tanner Bo. Hit dog IFL spirit animal himself defeats Rafael Pessoa by TKO via strikes. Um, how about we got to see Pessoa versus the uh, Jamaican Shamrock who opened that Bellator card? I mean, would, would that not be the weirdest fight ever? The weirdest looking fight? Like, you could take Rafael Post Pessoa versus the Jamaican Shamrock, and like, you could like, put a hologram version of that fight on Chewie's board in Star Wars A New Hope when him versus Luke go to play each other. And, like, no one would catch that Easter egg. Nothing would skip a beat. Like, you wouldn't even go right over your head. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm just saying those guys are pretty monstrous, okay? Jesus, Dan, you get your ass kicked by these guys when they see you. Uh, And Tanner Bozier, even though I keep picking him, will probably want to kick my ass for all the Tanner Bozier's. But, um, but yeah, man, the guy can move, and he is – Proving, you know, a size thing that really should have been apparent to us from the Cain Velasquez days that like, yeah, guys, size isn't everything at heavyweight. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of bad athletes and a lot of, um, you know, water finds its own level and the level isn't the highest, we'll just say sometimes. And I'm not trying to pick on heavyweights. I had a lot of heavyweights I love, you know what I'm saying? And just, uh, just, just, just to say and what it is. Uh, so happy for Tanner Bozier there. Uh, even though it wasn't an official offering, I did put him for my official um no not my official offering i did put it for like a parlay piece recommendation uh, steve montgomery ben cartledge posts pics of his dogs in the middle of my twitter threads with no context someone needs to check his hard drives you know what i fear the day when they check a lot of people's hard drives you know it's, i'm just kidding <laughs> what was that what was that movie um uh yeah, you're right. Are you trying to say Stephen Gregory that he is a uh, he is um, the uh, what's it? fuck what's it? Patrick Swayze's character in Donnie Darko, right? He's supposed to be like the self help guy, like he's supposed to be like you know a proud member of the community, and you know you get, you know, be careful, man. And as we know, you don't want to dig too deep in people in the MMA community. I guess is what I'm trying to say is usually it doesn't end good. Let's, just, let's keep let's keep our heroes heroes. Yeah, how's <laughs> my future champ? Please pick on the heavyweights. The fight side, of course, is going to prove on my picking on heavyweights. That that would uh, <laughs> that would be their mo. It's also why I love them. Panikianzad uh, defeated Bechkohea via unanimous decision. 
Um, I think like I ended up like sprinkling degenerate on this, but I didn't play it. I'm not going to front. Congrats if you did. Um, although I did pick Penny Kianzad for her uh, her aggression boxing ability. Uh, if she wasn't going to get bullied by Betch, which wasn't um, the case, but blessed Betch. You know, I think she's going to be like 38 this year, and she's just still a durable tank. You know, uh, Ramzan Ameev, uh, least athletic single legs, according to my man Ryan Wagner. Um, unathletic dadding. Uh, I saw a lot of these things being thrown around, but you know what? In Ameev's defense, for uh, underwhelming as he and his, his style is, dadding is the appropriate approach uh, when it comes to a Spitfire, fresh face Spitfire like Nicholas Stolze. Um, shout out, by the way, to Zim and Connor. Uh, for now plaguing my mind with that analysis. Uh, I have to see such things as I break down the fight and see how prevalent it is in our sport, especially the higher weight classes. But Amiv did what he needed to do without, albeit some very brief scares. I don't think I had it 30-27, but kind of like I tweeted, that's kind of the one consistent trend that we've seen go through all the way through is if you're a Russian or caucus fighter or a surrounding region fighter with the OV or the OV or V last name, you're getting yourself a 3027 in your Happy Meal. You're not leaving Fight Island without a 3027 in your Happy Meal. They're just going to pop it right in there and send you on your way. Uh, so good on Ameev. And uh, Nathaniel Wood defeated John Castaneda via unanimous decision. Um, Castaneda perhaps didn't wrestle as much because he was worried about his gas tank. The D2 wrestler there, but it at least allowed he hung tough though and allowed Nathaniel Wood, uh, Nathaniel Wood to put on uh, a good show and, and some excellent skills. Excited to watch that. Nathaniel Wood is doing some stuff that reminded me of Poye with the way he was shifting, although being caught on those shifts, but the variation and shifting or the variation and rhythm and speed changes to accompany said shifts is what I did like though. From Nathaniel Wood, and I hope they give John Castaneda a full uh, full shot at it so they can go through. Jesus, it's 45 minutes. That wraps it up. Going to wrap up your questions before we get out of here. Any last ones, get it in now or forever hold your peace. Thank you for sitting through this nonsense. Um, pick on the heavyweights, Philippe, except for Hunto. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Betch mistaking the top 10 second clap with the bell was hilarious. Yeah, that was bad. That was like Spark Carlisle, Philippe. Or as I reference, you know, because me and my me and my timely references, you know, comparing Cowboy Oliveira to the bad guy in Greece on my podcast to, uh, you know, bringing up Usamar Pajares versus Dan Miller, because that's relevant. But yeah, Betchko hey, a following suit there. Ramzav me from the fight site, uh, Brad Tashchuk. Nathaniel Wood fought on this card. That was like 18 hours ago. I know it's insane. 15 fight card, and like I was maybe I I, I, I reverse jinxed it, so the production should be thanking me. But uh, when we got to three decisions in a row, I was like, "Shit, is this thing gonna go over? This is crazy." Um, all right, we're gonna get out of here. I just want to give a shout. Want to give a shout? I forgot to give uh, to the Sound of Violent pod, uh, Violence podcast. Speaking of YouTube presences, uh, podcasts, MMA live shows, I just want to give a shout out to those guys. Um, of course, shout out to everybody over at Line Movement, everybody behind the scenes, um, Nick, Dan, Joe, uh, everyone. Um, everyone at Junkie, uh, everyone, of course, here in this chat and that listen to me for whatever reason in the Protect Nick podcast, give a like uh, on this video, subscribe to the channel. I've got like a measly 192 subscribers or something. Like, let's get me over 200 or something. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there, folks. And uh, yeah, positive likes, reviews if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate you guys. Gonna have my normal uh, content coming out next week. 
Um, nothing much else to say, man. Just just happy to be here and happy you guys are here because uh, it is still crazy times, right? All right. Uh, punching yourself against Renault is even better. <laughs> be well, Dan. Danish Khan, my man. You be well, too. All right, guys. Take it easy. Have a good night. Get some rest. And always protect the man.